Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen, real results, real care, real about recovery. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Addicts Podcast. My name is Mung. Hey, everybody. It's Los. We've made it through 100 episodes, now 101 we're eight weeks into the season, seven weeks into the season, heading into week eight. Uh, how you doing, Monk? I'm, I'm pretty happy so far this year. Uh, I, c- I could be better. This week was not uh, one of my better weeks. A lot, of, a lot of missed calls, a lot of games that did not go the way that I expected. And you know what? Things will be forgiven tonight if I can get five points from Evan Ingram. Just just five points. But, of course, you know what? That, that means All he's going to get like... delete last week's podcast and nobody will know. <sighs> yeah, but... You know what? I, I just feel like Evan Ingram's going to get, like, two catches for 20 yards and just fall short and screw me. Because that's how this week's won't. been he, going. He, he wouldn't do a thing like that, let me tell you. All right. Well, it sounds like your week's getting getting better, huh? Yeah, weeks are weeks are weeks, and wins are wins, and we're, you know, heading to the playoffs, hopefully, everywhere we go, right? Hopefully, and uh, you know we'll we'll be talking a lot tonight about uh, a lot of different changing backfields, a, a lot of guys on the waiver wire who can still help you because in one league that I start zero and six, I will now be one and six. So hope hope springs Yikes. anew. Well, you know I think I have an inkling as to why I'm feeling so good tonight, and it's because this morning, you know what I did? I had a nice close shave, Monk. Oh yeah, who'd you have it with? Oh, I used Gillette, the best a man can get. Uh, Well, of course. So, this week's Gillette Close Shave. Uh, Before I get into it, I just wanted to mention that Kevin White came oh so close to winning this prestigious award this week, but fell just short, literally. And we will talk about that game uh, a little bit later, but for right now, the Panthers were shut out for almost three full quarters, trailing the Eagles 0-17 to with under a minute left in the third quarter. But Cam Newton and the rest of the Panthers rallied in the fourth as he led his team on three straight scoring drives, finishing the day with 269 passing yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, and added 49 yards with his legs. With some help from Carolina's defense, they came back and beat Philadelphia 21 to 17. Get your close shave like Cam Newton with Gillette, the best a man can get. Want to try blades for less? It's easy. Just choose the right blade for you. Order conveniently on the website, by email, or by text, and your blades will get shipped right to your door. Start today and get $3 off your first order. Just a gut wrenching sort of feeling for Cam Newton owners, though, I'm sure that there. Uh, he, he heads into the fourth quarter with. I think it was less than five points. It could have been less than four points, honestly, and then finishes the week, you know, all in one quarter of football in the top five quarterback. That's exactly what you can get with Cam Newton. That's why he's a quarterback one every week. Yeah, speaking of, uh, I, I got a question for you, Los. Sure. Guess uh, guess who's feeling pretty good about benching Cam Newton for Andy Dalton this week? Not you. Yeah, that uh, felt good for all of a half hour. Uh, yeah. Yikes! Yeah, that that'll 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 about wreck your week. That's for sure. But uh, you know, as as you say, hashtag trust the process, and and I still think you know, in in retrospect, that was probably the right call. Just didn't work out. There we go. That's uh, 
that's just a remembrance of exactly what Andy Dalton can do and has done for the past couple of years on primetime football. Somehow, somehow that slipped my mind. You know, somehow, sometimes I forget exactly when these games are scheduled. Like in my survivor pool, I grabbed uh, the Chargers this week. Luckily, I came away one point the victor with uh, Matt Lafleur and company. You know, deciding not to not to tie it in the fourth quarter. Very thankful for that call. But had I remembered that uh, the Chargers were in London, I wouldn't have taken that game in a hundred million years. But I digress. Yep. Uh, so let's get uh, let's get right to it. Uh, Thursday night game. Absolutely, Miami at Houston. A real exciting game coming here, right? short week for both Houston and Miami. Two needs that could use the extra prep, so sorry, guys. This week, Brock Osweiler was actually fine again. 240 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, but there's a ton of better both floor and upside quarterbacks out there. Uh, Osweiler has now shown us another week of reliance on Damian Amendola. Six catches, seven targets, 84 yards in the touchdown, and he's a sneaky PPR flex play. Stills had just one reception for that five-yard touchdown before getting hurt. And Albert Wilson was injured as well. Uh, with both out this week, Amendola has a decent amount of upside. Again, don't start Gore or Drake if you can avoid it, though I prefer Drake of the two. Uh, this week, only six carries, 72 yards, and that touchdown plus four short receptions. He, he's saving you with those touchdowns week to week. Uh, he's a flex consideration with running back two upside. Yeah, I have Danny Amendola as a PPR wide receiver three this week and potentially going forward given how often Osweiler targets him. Uh, and Kenyon Drake, I uh, have him as a flex. Houston generally is pretty stout against the run, but they are susceptible to pass-catching running backs. Uh, and if you're desperate, uh, just a name that we haven't said in a while because there's no real reason to say it, but Devontae Parker might see some targets Ooh. with both Kenny Stills and Albert Wilson out. Uh, you know, if you're desperate, he's he, he'll probably get quite a few targets in this one. Um, and then with the tight end yeah. splitting work. Yeah, go ahead. I, I think, you know, top talent wide receivers just go to die as rookies in Miami. Leontay Crew, Devontae Parker. I, I don't know if I buy throwing him in your lineup, but if you're desperate, sure. Yeah, like I said, just if you're desperate, but I did want to mention, you know, he is the next man up, and uh, we have yet to see, you know, Brock Osweiler is the second-string quarterback, and sometimes these second-string guys have some chemistry with the second-string wide receivers, and that's exactly what Parker is. Um, sure, some practice squad fun there. Yeah, and the, not that uh, I'm counting on it, but this is a revenge game for Brock Osweiler against his former team. Um but that said, with the tight ends still splitting work, uh, I probably wouldn't trust either one. But again, if you're desperate, Mike Gusecki has some upside. Uh, he may get more targets if the Dolphins start to use a, a few more t two tight end sets given their injuries at wide receiver here. On the Texan side of the football, Jacksonville actually did a pretty good job of limiting the Houston offense. But uh, this week, Watson will be just fine. Uh, Lamar Miller's a flex, but wait and see if there's any new reports of Dante, For uh, Dante Foreman's return here. Hopkins is a stud, another touchdown despite Ramsey and Bouye all across the field. And we guessed wrong on Cutie versus Fuller, but it was scary regardless. Um, I like Fuller as a wide receiver again here, with Cutie likely out after re-injuring his hamstring. Yep, uh, I don't have a whole lot to add here. Uh, I do think the Dolphins' defense is playing better than advertised. Uh, and even though Watson looked good against Jacksonville, I, I do still have him just as a low-end quarterback one this week. Uh, given all the good options that there are in these matchups for week set, or excuse me, week eight, 
Um, and, and also just for the fact that Watson may not quite be 100% yet from the chest injury. Um, you know, he, he looks good, but uh, I'm certainly not benching him, but I wouldn't expect a whole lot of upside here. I'm not amazingly excited to watch this game, but it's Thursday night football on Amazon, right? Uh, give me the Houston Texans. Yeah, I, I think this will be a more uh, a defensive battle, but I, I will take the Texans here too. Philadelphia at Jacksonville kicking off Sunday games, 9.30 a.m. Eastern. I don't know how you West Coast guys do it, getting up. you got to get up at 6 to make sure your lineup's set. It's just crazy. Uh, this looks like a winnable game for Philadelphia, but strange things happen in England, and Jacksonville usually does quite well over there. Uh, they play over there more than any other team, I'm pretty sure. Once will be fine to start. I don't really want any part of this three-man running back committee, though. And Jeff Cree will have a tough time all over the field with the secondary. Three great corners there. He's a wide receiver, too, this week. Ertz, of course, is a stud. He gave us another nine-touch, 138-yard week. Just top tight end, you know, going in, going out. Of course, just starting Ertz. Uh, but I really don't love Wentz here. Uh, as you said, the Jaguars play well in London. And outside of that fluky game by Dak Prescott, you know, the best performing fantasy quarterbacks against Jacksonville have been Tom Brady with just 16 points and Patrick Mahomes even with just 15 points. So I, I just have Wentz as a mid-range quarterback too. Um, I, I think the upside is there, but if you have better options, which you very well might given that, uh, you know, you probably drafted Wentz uh, with him out the first few weeks, uh, you probably grab somebody else. So depending on who else you have, I would consider benching him. Uh, as you said, that running back by committee is super messy right now. I, I don't think you can start any of them, but if I had to pick, uh, Clement would be the guy. Uh, just a low-end flex option here, though. He does have the best shot at potentially getting a touchdown here. Um, as you said, uh, we're not benching Ertz, but I would consider benching Alshon Jeffrey. Just a mid-range flex player, wide receiver three play for me this week. I actually think that Nelson Aguilar might have the best day against Jacksonville here in the slot matchup. Uh, and that's really where you want to attack Jacksonville, and he'll be a boomer bust wide receiver four for me this week. As for Philadelphia, Jacksonville has a home game in Wembley. They travel well, like we're talking about. Their defense was not bad versus Houston, like we talked about the game before. This is all bunching together. I'm sounding awfully redundant here. But, you know, there's a quarterback controversy here, though, in Jacksonville. Neither are great Bortles or, uh, oh, my gosh, drawing a blank here. Help Cody me. Kessler. Yes, Cody Kessler. Neither are great. This will be disastrous here. Leonard uh, Fournette needs to, heal, needs to heal quickly. He's not back this week. With him out, Yeldon remains a high-end running back, too. And Mung's man, Moncrief, did have the best wide receiver week versus Houston. Seven catches, 10 targets, 76 yards. And you know what, Mung? I'm buying it. Uh, this is a bit of consistency here, though they may have a new quarterback, of course. But Moncrief was brought in for big money. I think they're paying him $10 million this year. He needed the start of the season to learn the playbook, gel with the gel with the team, not gel with the quarterback. Quarterback's gone. He's a lower-end flexway play, but he's the one to go with for now. And, of course, we saw the news this week that Carlos Hyde was traded to uh, to Jacksonville. I think this week Yeldon's okay still, but uh, going forward, Hyde may start to cut into him. <laughs> well, uh, thanks for that. Uh, I had quite a few bad calls this week, but I'm glad I got something right at least with Moncrief. Um, yep. You know, even even though I was right, uh, I still don't feel good about him. He's he's still just a risky boomer bust wide receiver for. Um, he continues to be the best choice of the Jacksonville wide receivers, though. So 
I, I guess for what take that for what it's worth. Um, I, I don't think I'm as high on Gelden as you are either. Uh, I don't have him as an RB two. Just I I think he'll start to split work with Carlos Hyde this week and. You know, the Eagles really shut down McCaffrey. Uh, they're pretty good at stopping the run and pass-catching running backs in general. So, for me, Gelden's just a risky flex play, and I'd probably avoid both him and Hyde against the tough Eagles defense here. Um, it does sound like Jacksonville's going back to Blake Bortles. Uh, take that for what it's worth. I don't know that it really affects anything at this point. Um, they really need Leonard Fournette back because, you know, a lot of those play-action plays that they like to call last year, uh, it's really dependent on a strong running game and the defenders biting. So for now, I, I think that whole offense is downgraded. And I, I do think that the Eagles have the edge here. But as you noted, Jacksonville is a very good team playing in London. Uh, they've won their last three games in London, actually. So Crazy things could happen happen in this game, and as I said last week, I always avoid betting on those London games, but I will take Philadelphia here. I'm taking Philadelphia at all, but I would not be remotely shocked if Blake Bortles has, Blake Bortles has a fire lit up under his, under his bottom, has a nice time in England the day before, then gives us 450 yards and three touchdowns and beats, uh, beats Philly by 30 points. But I'll take Philly for now. <laughs> New York Jets at Chicago kicking off our noon central game. Sam Darnold had a tough day versus Minnesota and should have another challenge in Chicago as Mack and company will be in his pocket all day. Crowell and Powell showed their true colors as low-end running back threes with nine combined points. And against the tough Chicago defense against running backs, I'd avoid them altogether. Crowell might be worth flexing if Powell was out. Uh, Jermaine Curse followed Quincy and in with zero-point week with one of his own, and it's tough to have any faith in anybody here. Uh, Robbie Anderson led the team with 10 targets, converting only three catches for 44 yards. Hang on to Anderson and Curse if you have the room. I know it's tough after looking like garbage there. Just wait for this team to gel. See if they're going to. Um, granted, if there's much better waiver pickups, don't don't hang around with Curse. You can you can throw them away with yesterday's trash. That's fine. You know, I'll actually pivot here. Um... I think if there's a guy here that maybe you pick up, it might be Chris Herndon. Uh, you know, he's worth a look as a boomer bust tight end too. It seems like, uh, you know, he's he's got some chemistry with Darnold now, uh, and he's got, you know, he got seven targets against Minnesota with Quincy Nuno out. So uh, I, I would rather have him over Curse probably. Uh, but again, they're both just, you know, risk-reward plays. Uh, as for the running backs, it seems like even with Bilal Powell out for most of that game with the neck injury, the Jets didn't want to use Crowell more in the passing downs. They they put in uh, Trenton Cannon. Uh, if you're truly desperate, he might be worth a look as a desperation running back four, running back five in PPR because he is getting those passing game looks. But I guess Crowell's still on flex um, if Powell misses this game with that neck injury. And, yeah, I, I don't really want anything to do with Sam Darnold here this week. Uh, even if Khalil Mack's ankle isn't 100%, I, I do think the Bears' defense will um, bounce back a little bit here. Uh, the Jets certainly are not the Patriots. Yeah, I, I don't see a ton of points being scored here. And even, like, any of these these Jets, I'd I'd honestly take, like, the third wide receiver in Baltimore. I, I'd play Willie Snead over all of these guys just because of the upside. Mm, yeah, uh I don't know. I mean, it depends on. I'm just picking a name that's probably on, probably sitting in a waiver wire. That's like not a name you'd think about, or like uh, Traquan Smith. I'd rather play Traquan Smith over anybody on New York. 
Uh, I'd play Danny Amendola over Robbie Anderson. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. As for the Bears, uh, they lost a pretty exciting up-and-down game versus New England at home. Mung alluded to that Kevin White uh, near touchdown. Trubisky completed that pass to the one-yard line. Thought we might be headed overtime, but we had to settle for heartache yet again. Trubisky threw another two touchdowns, rushed for one and 80 yards, and had a 30-point fantasy day. I feel about him similarly similarly to how I felt on Jared Goff last year. He's probably a fine start, but I'm something about me just isn't trusting it just yet. I'm avoiding this week, just wanting to see it happen again. Uh, we thought this would be a good Cohen week, and boy, did he show up. Six carries, 14 yards rushing with eight catches on 12 targets, 69 yards with the touchdown through the air. Um, Howard and he are both startable running back twos here, especially if Allen Robinson is out this week. Taylor Gabriel and Anthony Miller both just pointed out the flex with 26 and 35 yards apiece as Trey Burton finally showed up. Nine catches, 11 targets, 126 yards and a touchdown. I'm avoiding the wide receivers this week with a few other games on the docket with a lot better flex plays, in my opinion, higher scoring games available. Um, you know, I'm actually going to disagree with you here on Mitch Trubisky. Hmm. He's had a few good games in a row, and the Jets' secondary yeah. has struggled a ton this year. I think he's fine as a low-end quarterback one with upside this week. Um, at this point, Tariq Cohen is a must-start running back, too. Uh, he's got that weekly running back one upside in PPR, and I don't know how he can bench him until further notice. And while yeah. Jordan Howard may be more boom or bust, he's still getting a ton of carries. He's getting that goal line work. And if you recall, Latavius Murray just punched in two touchdowns against the Jets. So Howard, I, I have as a high-end RB3 this week and as for the wide receivers even though the Patriots focused on shutting down Taylor Gabriel uh, the Jets secondary will likely have a little bit more difficulty doing that he remains a boomer bust wide receiver four with a lot of upside this week even though he had a quiet week against New England here uh, Allen Robinson I still have as a viable flex play here and of course with the Patriots focusing on Gabriel and the wide receivers Burden had a huge game with the you know, a lot of checkdowns over the middle, uh, found a lot of green space uh, over the middle there. He's a nice low-end tight end one play here, uh, assuming Trubisky continues to look at him more often. And then finally, I benched the Bears defense in a league this past week against the Bears, but I certainly hope you did not drop them. Uh, they're still a top-five fantasy defense, particularly this week, and I will take the Bears at home. I, too, will take the Bears at home. Bear down. Tampa Bay at Cincinnati. Jameis Winston did Jameis Winston things, two interceptions, zero passing touchdowns, but still 22 points on the day with a rushing touchdown, 50 rushing yards, 350-plus passing yards. you got to love it. He's, he's a fantasy dream. He's a quarterback one here in Cincinnati. Evans and O.J. Howard are ones, but the rest of the pass catchers have iffy consistency right now. That's just the nature of Winston. That said, I would happily put Deshaun Jackson in my flex or right as a tight end two this week in Cincinnati. Ronald Jones did score a touchdown with 13 yards on six carries to 11 carries for 30 yards for Barber. Both have been bad, but Jones does have the future value here if there's value to be had. Uh, the team may keep throwing if they can't solve their kicker issues, though. Uh, and field goals and extra points were both missed by Chandler Caden's arrow here, just giving Jameis Winston more, uh, more opportunities to throw two-point conversions and do other things. Just, just tons of fun here. Sure, and, and certainly talent matters, but volume matters a lot too, and Jameis Winston's getting plenty of looks, plenty of passing attempts, so I like him as a low-end quarterback one this week. Uh, he does spread the ball around a lot, so it's kind of tough to predict these wide receiver stats week to week, 
Um, however, I, I would probably rather flex Chris Godwin over Deshaun Jackson. Uh, it seems that they both have the same upside for deep touchdowns, but Godwin seems to have a much higher floor. Uh, he's only scored fewer than 10 points in PPR once this year, and that was in week four against Chicago. I agree that, uh, you know, what you said, including Ronald Jones over Peyton Barber, despite the carry split in favor of Barber, we did not see Barber touch the ball in the fourth quarter, and it sounds like Ronald Jones may get more and more work going forward. Deep leagues, keep them on your bench, for God's sakes, don't start them. And I'll agree with you, but I'd take both Chris Godwin and Deshaun Jackson and start them in the flex over anybody on the Jets, just to keep hammering that point home. Uh, as for Cincinnati... The Bengals got stomped by Kansas City last night. There wasn't much they could sustain or do. Dalton was awful. Tampa Bay will not be quite as difficult to test, and I think Green remains a wide receiver one. Boyd returns to wide receiver two. Mixon's a running back one slash two. You're starting him, and Dalton should be just fine here. Kansas City was able to just run him off the field. Tampa Bay has significant rushing issues. C.J. Uzuma did give you that touchdown last week, and I think it's a fine tight end stream here yet again. Yeah, um, as I said, uh, I benched Cam Newton for Dalton in a league, and I liked Dalton as a mid-range QB1, and just a terrible call. Uh, the red rifle shot you in the eye. Um, oh. That said, I, I don't feel good about saying it, but I go right back to Dalton this week at home yep. against one of the worst defenses in the league. Um, you know, sometimes it's, it's recency bias where you want to bench somebody who just burned you, but... Uh, it's kind of like selling low on a stock. That's the last thing you want to do, especially against this Tampa Bay defense that's, you know, one of the worst secondaries in the league. So even if Dalton's burned you, uh, I have him as a low-end quarterback one with upside. Start him up this week. Uh, same with C.J. Uzoma. He got you the touchdown, but I think he'll do even better this week. And, you know, not a whole lot to add about what you said about Mixon and the receivers. They're, they're all fine starts this week. Um, I, I do like the Bengals at home. I don't mean to put you on the spot. Oh, I'll take the Bengals as well. I don't mean to put you on the spot here, but where are you at ranking just these past three quarterbacks we were talking about? Trubisky, Winston, and, and Dalton, because that's that was the only problem I had with Trubisky, is that there's guys I like better, and I think this week I'd go Winston, Dalton, Trubisky. I think... <laughs> I mean, Ugh. it's just, it's stupid. Trubisky will probably, I mean, Trubisky I, will be fine. He will be just fine. It's just, I don't know, something about something about being a Bears fan my whole life and seeing the quarterbacks fail time and again. It, it, I just have this curdling feeling in my stomach. I, I would go Trubisky, Dalton, Winston, but... Um, but you're going to be fine either way, right? But and I, I only ask because I, I picked them up in different leagues right off the waiver wire. Um, in each of the past three weeks. Yeah, it, it, it's it's tough because they all have good matchups on paper. Um, I, I don't know that weather is going to be a huge concern in either of these games. And all of their all their weapons are healthy for the most part. So, I, honestly, it comes down to, to a gut call sometimes. And for me, I, I think Trubisky will keep rolling this week. This is a perfect illustration of why I don't draft Aaron Rodgers in the third round, though, right? Um, I, I mean, I, personally, I don't do that either, but I think this would actually be an illustration of, you know, possibly the opposite because like we said, we thought Dalton was going to have a great week last week and, and, you know, certainly you would have preferred the consistency of a guy like Rogers. Rogers has been just as bad. 
Uh, has he though? Not, I mean, not not. He hasn't had any horrible games, but I he's not a QB one right now. I disagree. No, I mean he is a QB one in every week, but he's not a top twelve scoring quarterback thus far. Is he not? Are you sure? Pretty darn certain. All right, hold on. I I gotta take a quick look at this. Let's see here. Let me pull up through week seven. He hasn't had any huge games like Trubisky, Mahomes, and these are undrafted quarterbacks. He is quarterback 11. Well, there you go. Okay. Is that a third rounder? Um, But that's also given that he had a bye week. So, I mean, some of these guys ahead of him have not had their bye yet. Seattle at Detroit. (laughs) All right. Um, No, again, I agree with not jumping on a quarterback too early here, but uh, I I do think there are times where that's advantageous because then you don't suffer through the floor weeks where, you know, a guy like Dalton might burn you. But this is so much more exciting. Like, I got Jameis Winston for nothing. I got Mitch Trubisky for nothing. He just gave me 30 points. Yeah, I'm I'm sure people who draft him at homes in like round ten are pretty happy. Yeah, well, you know, you know, I'm a Mahomes guy. I, I don't, I don't need to go too far. That Seattle at Detroit. Seattle comes off the bye and a week to prepare, but I, I don't think the week's gonna be enough. Wilson, Baldwin, and Locke. It should be low end starts, but should be usable. And the three running back committee may have some clarity after this week with the bye week to game plan more and instill an offense that they want to develop which might mean Rashad Petty, but I don't know, and I don't think so. If it comes to a decision you need to make and have to start one of these guys, I'd stick with Chris Carson here. Um, yeah, I, I like Wilson as a mid-range quarterback one with some upside here. Uh, the Seahawks offense was trending up before their bye week. We, we know that Russell Wilson always kind of gets it together midway through the season. Um, I like him quite a bit here. Uh, I would still avoid all the Seattle running backs, but I do think Carson will be the best option as a flex if I had to pick one. Uh, and I actually, I'm higher on Baldwin than you are. I like him as a low-end wide receiver, too, and a really good matchup here in the slot. Um, Lockett remains that boomer bust guy here. Um, basically, you're hoping for a score. And same with David Moore. Uh, he's a boomer bust wide receiver five. Uh, if he catches a touchdown or not, um, for now, I, I actually, I was thinking about this, and I think the best comp here for him is Dante Moncrief with the Colts towards the end of that, uh, his stay in Indianapolis, where, you know, he probably wouldn't get more than two or three catches for like 30 yards, but he somehow came through with a touchdown almost every game. Yeah, um, definitely a much lower touted sort of player than Moncrief coming out of college, but um, he's getting it done here. Uh, I would avoid Lockett. He should. You're right, Baldwin on the inside. He should. Uh, Lockett should draw Darius Slay here. Could be. Could be a tough day for him here. Just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, as for Detroit, the cat is out of the bag on Carry On Johnson. I hope you got him when I told you to. The kid is good. 19 carries, 158 yards with a big 70-yard run plus two catches on three targets, 21 yards. Now we get to put too much faith in him. When Riddick comes back, that's exactly what uh, what Lions coaching is going to do. Just put Riddick back in, maybe give Amir Abdul a little more time, cut his carries. Blunt keeps getting goal line work, including 10 carries, 50 yards and a touchdown. This is a tough one to call. Just just know that I really like Kerryon Johnson. The three wide receivers were each held between six and eight points here because Roberts scored two touchdowns. Just an anomaly here. It's frustrating, but hey, that's the National Football League. Seattle doesn't have anything that should be able to stop these wide receivers here, and I see big game 
uh, big game upside for each of them. With PPR preference for Tate this week, Galladay will be fine. I could see you holding tight on Marvin Jones. He hasn't been what you want him to be thus far this year. Yes, yes. Carry on, my wayward son. Uh, if you oh. tweeted that, you are one of 288 pe- people in my Twitter feed who did. So, you know, very clever of you. Um, but certainly, yeah, keep starting him. As I didn't a, even think about that. That's funny. Yeah, um, but keep starting him as a, you know, high upside flex play, uh, maybe even an RB2. Uh, as you said, depending on Theo Riddick's help, health, uh, it's just it seems like these coaches want to keep running out those committees um also miami does have a poor run defense so seattle's a little bit of a tougher matchup that's why i have him as a high on flex or low on rb2 that said uh certainly the best option of the running backs but i guess legarrett blunt is a you know he's a risk reward running back five Uh, he's got that goal line role and uh it seems like he's doing okay with it so Again, he's kind of like a David Moore kind of guy. You're basically hoping for a touchdown, but it's it seems to have a decent shot of happening each week. Um, you know, you're, you're fine starting Stafford. He'll be a low on QB1, and I uh, certainly would not rush out to get Roberts. I think these wide receivers will be fine. Uh, you know, you're still starting Golden Tate as a wide receiver too, uh, despite the bad game. I like Kenny Galladay as a high-end wide receiver three. And as you said, Marvin Jones really hasn't done a whole lot, so he's a boomer bust flex, but... You know, depending on your options, uh, I I think I'd still start Marvin Jones over Robbie Anderson. Going going back to your your comparison to the Jets guys here. Yeah, let's let's not forget Marvin Jones was a top five wide receiver through the first six weeks of last season. He has that potential. Yeah, but again, what what have you done for me lately? You know, that's fantasy is a weekly game, and you gotta you gotta produce at some point. You're absolutely correct. I will take uh, Detroit in what I don't think is going to be as close game as they're projecting. Uh, I disagree. I, I think it will. I think this could go either way because we've seen Russell Wilson just fight back and claws way back, and I do think yeah. that you know he's gonna he's gonna get hot as the season progresses. So, um, not not to go back to the Seahawks too much here, but I would buy on Russell Wilson if you can. I like Russell Wilson, uh, and he's got Sierra in his ear, so. You never know what it can give us. Uh, <laughs> you, you're picking Detroit, though, right? Yes, I will take the Lions, though. Awesome. Denver at Kansas City. Uh, give me Kansas West. City here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can we move on? Actually, there's a couple things to talk about for Denver. The Broncos exploded for 45 points on the road versus Arizona, and they have a desirable matchup for the offense. They're not going to win, but they, they will score points here. Royce Freeman and Emmanuel Sanders pulled up with injuries. They have a long week to recover, so monitor their status here. Either way, Philip Lindsay is an easy running back to this matchup, and Demarius Thomas has real usable flex consideration here. Sanders, if healthy, is a solid wide receiver too, probably pushing into one. If you need to hit your wagon to, uh, to Keenum due to buys, it's the right matchup here. Very hard to trust him, though. You have to have faith in a bottle of Pepto-Bismol nearby. Oh, uh, if both Freeman and Sanders are out, I'd look at Cortland Sutton if you're hurting for flex also. He's uber talented great kid uh coming out of um oh my goodness wow i don't know why i can't think of it i lived five minutes away from it last year that's smu um great great talent Cortland sutton yeah i was kidding there is a lot to talk about the broncos here but uh one thing that i am all out of is faith in case keenum yeah. uh, 
uh, you and I are disagreeing quite a bit this show, and uh, it's it's pretty refreshing because I want nothing to do with Keenum here. Uh, the Chiefs' defense uh, is getting stronger every game, and while Keenum has upside, so did Dalton, and look what happened there. I, I'm not going to trust Keenum here. Uh, he's a risk-reward quarterback, too, at best, and it sounds like Sanders will be fine and play in this game. Uh, according to the reports, he could have finished the game against the Cardinals if the score had been anywhere near close, so go ahead and fire up Sanders as a wide receiver, too, and, and what should be a good matchup for him. Uh, Demaryius Thomas remains that wide receiver three with upside, and as you said with Sutton, I think he needs to be added if you have the roster room in, in most formats, because came out today that there are rumors that Denver is looking to trade Demaryius Thomas. Uh, and yep. it was reported that Thomas himself said that his time in Denver is coming up. So Sutton can be an immediate wide receiver three in fantasy with upside if Thomas leaves. Um, as for the running backs here, I agree that Lindsay should be a PPR running back two here, regardless of Royce Freeman's health. But if he's able to go, Royce Freeman would be a flex as well, um, depending on whether he can recover in time from that high ankle sprain uh, usually that takes a few weeks but we've seen that guys like Matt Breda were projected to be out for a couple weeks and they came right back so keep monitoring those practice reports and finally Jeff Hireman just an interesting name to mention uh, more of a tournament play in DFS but you know I'd, I'd probably avoid him in redraft but he does have a great matchup here I don't know if I had an aneurysm or I thought I for some reason I in my mind I heard that um, Emmanuel Sanders is is looking to get traded, but if it if it's both or one of them, that's great. That's great news for Cortland Sutton, you know. So there you go. Um, I, City, I think there are rumors regarding both, but personally, I think the Broncos would rather trade Thomas. But it all depends on who offers what for you know which receiver. So oh, either way, Sutton would be a older. winner here. Absolutely, um, Kansas City. How can how can you doubt any? of these Kansas City players at this point. They hung 45 points on Cincinnati. They're teeming with confidence. Mahomes is a monster. He just added 350 yards, four touchdowns, and 45 rushing yards. And I, I don't know if you knew this, but he, he actually played baseball in college. He was drafted by the Detroit Tigers. Do you think Chris Collinsworth said that enough times? I, I Wait, do what? My best. Patrick Mahomes used to play baseball? Isn't that crazy? <laughs> I do my best avoid talking about Chris Collinsworth but boy he just he just grinds my gears okay, every I'll, I'll week. take him over Jason Witten any day yeah wait over who Jason Witten yeah I don't know I don't know at this point I know what you're saying but he I've just I've had enough to hear with this Collinsworth no you know what I'll I'll, I'll back him here uh, because I do like his witty comments here and there one what one of the ran random gems that you just remind me of was last night uh, Patrick Mahomes had to throw it away based on uh, you know pressure from the defense and uh, one of the chiefs uh, I think it was one of the chiefs uh, players caught it on the sidelines and Collinsworth said you know even that pass was complete so I'll, I'll give him a little credit where credit's due He's not funny. He's not clever. <laughs> all right. He's a jerk. Agree, That's all I have to agree say there. to disagree, but uh, <laughs> we certainly do agree. You would like Chris Collinsworth. That's so. Oh my gosh. All right. So weekly running back two, Kareem Hunt tacked on only 15 carries for 86 yards and a touchdown, with only five catches, 55 yards, and two touchdowns. A cool 35 points in your running back two slot. Travis Kelsey just missed 100 yards. Hill seven catches, 68 yards, and a touchdown. 
And Sammy Watkins even got in on the action. Four catches, 74 yards on seven targets. Kansas City has immense upside week to week. I just hope that defense just stays bad because that's the worst thing that can happen for this offense. Um, this week, it didn't look like Andy Reid would let up regardless, but you got to figure if they're blowing people out and, and the other team's not scoring, they are going to dial it back on some of these players. Uh, Man, I d- disagree yet again tonight. I, I don't know that they will. Uh, I think that Reid will keep pouring it on as long as the matchups are there. Uh, as long as Mahomes can execute those plays, you know, why just run it into the ground like Eli Manning and giving it to Barkley or, you know, what have you. Um, I, I do think this defense is starting to get hot a little bit. They're playing better. Uh, the pass rush is starting to get more pressure. And again, Justin Houston and Eric Berry are due back in coming weeks. So go ahead and add the Chiefs defense if you need someone this week. Uh, I do think there'll be a good matchup here against Case Keenum at home. Um and as you very subtly uh, decided to remind me, terrible, terrible early season call by me to sell high on Kareem Hunt. Uh, I hope you ignored me. Uh, still early, but I, I'll probably lose that bet with you, Los, uh, that Hunt won't finish the season as a top 12 running back in PPR. I believe he's RB5 or RB6 right now. It's early. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that can stop that know. now is an injury to Hunter Mahomes. Um, yeah. I mean, we really don't have to spend a whole lot of time here. My, you know, my thought process was that this Chiefs offense was going to score so much that they wouldn't really need to dump it down to my, uh, to Hunt, excuse me. Um, but, you know, he is starting to get involved in that passing game, unlike in the first couple weeks. So, uh, you know, certainly a good, good call by you there. Uh, you're starting Mahomes, Hunt, Kelsey, Hill, uh, even Watkins. He'll be a boomer bust flex play every week. Uh, yeah, not a whole lot to say here. Give me, Give me Kansas City. I will take Kansas City at home easily. Washington at the New York Giants. Adrian Peterson remains running back too, but I really think the best play regarding this team here is to buy cheap on Chris Thompson if he's available or able to. Um, he will be the best player in this offense that they have to offer when he's healthy. None of the pass catchers topped 45 yards this game. And Reed will be lucky to see a, tight, a touchdown soon. He's a low-end, touchdown-dependent, tight end one. Alex Smith has even managed to ruin Jordan Reed. Yeah, um, you know, I think there's a stat during that game that the the, Washing, the Washington's 500 over their last, like, 58 games or something like that. and That was an awesome visual, right? Yeah, that's just, I mean, man, that's, it's so interesting because you've got some teams in the NFL who are clearly, you know, leading the way with analytics, with uh, uh, aggressive play calling on offense, um, and then you've got, teams like washington and yeah uh, i think i i'd probably agree here peterson's the only reliable start uh for this team if thompson remains out um capri bibbs he'll be an okay rb4 in ppr assuming thompson's out again got his four catches for 43 yards and a touchdown he's filling in for thompson in that pass catching role and while bibbs isn't quite as dynamic he can get some volume and be serviceable in ppr here i don't know that you can trust any of the wide receivers so Paul Richardson, Jameson Crowder still both battling with knee injuries, but even when they've played, they've been very mediocre. Um, oh, oh my gosh. Thank you for that Austin Hooper Hooper catch. I, that may put me over, hopefully. Um, get, getting excited here. All right. Uh, whew, okay. All right. Uh, back to uh, what team we were talking about, Washington here. What? Yeah. If I, you want to call them a team. Yeah. Uh, again, I don't want any of these receivers, uh, even if they do play. 
And then uh, Jordan Reed, as you said, um, he's just a tight end too now. He's getting those targets, but he's not producing even with a decent target share. Uh, this team's just tough to watch. And uh, I have a friend who's a uh, who's a Washington fan, and I'm I'm sorry for her. Yeah, if we don't talk a ton of of real football, this is a fantasy podcast, but it's just interesting to see what Washington's doing. Nowadays in the NFL, we have dynamic offenses, young coaches. Look at the Rams. Look at Kansas City. Washington stands zero chance, zero percent chance against teams like that. Even against the Bears with Matt Nagy, a dynamic offense that scripts plays and scripts big plays and utilizes playmakers. Washington, that that Washington has been 500 for the past eons, and somehow both the Gruden boys have jobs as head coaches in the NFL. John Gruden, I love the guy, love him, but he is demolishing that team, and he's going to rebuild it with rookies and new players getting accruing draft picks to do what? Turn them into an 80s-style smash-mouth football team that will put up eight points in a game? No. this is, And he's got a 10-year contract. Like, sorry, Gruden boy. I love, I love that family, but, but that is, I mean, they're dinosaurs in the NFL, and it's, and it's unfortunate for them, and it's unfortunate for their fans. Anyways. I'm jumping off my soapbox. New York Giants, oh, God. Uh, we're seeing the Giants tonight, the return of Evan Ingram. Assuming he plays well and no injuries occur, I stick, of course, with Saquon Barkley to catch 95 more passes this season, probably. Odell Beckham Jr., Evan Ingram, and Shepard as ones of their positions. Avoid the rest here. Um, Shepard is only if Ingram is uh, not playing. Yeah, I don't uh... – I mean, Ingram's back tonight, so I, I don't think Shepard's going to be super reliable here. Uh, I am just a wide receiver four against the Redskins. I don't I don't have a whole lot to hit here. You're starting Barkley. Uh, Ingram's a low-end tight end one, and, and you're starting Beckham. Um, yeah, it, I'll take the Giants at home, but I'm not super confident, and I, I don't really want to watch this game. There's uh, These are both garbage teams uh, with little chance, little zero chance of making the playoffs, really. And really, uh, you know, again, sorry for a fan of either team, but y- you need you need more aggressive play callers in this day and age, and, and you can't just turtle up and run on, you know, third and 10, third and 12. I don't know what these teams are thinking. That said, I am I am excited for Darius Geis next year because Adrian Peterson's old, Chris Thompson is not the answer, and Darius Geis is mega, ultra, super talented. So, so if if you have a keeper league or something, and he's just sitting there, he's a guy that I would add definitely if you if you don't have better keeper options available. Yep, certainly. Um, Washington won this week and actually uh, last week, right? So. They're set to lose two games in a row now. That's just the way that team works. <laughs> uh, so you're taking the Giants, I take it? I'll, I'll take the Giants. Cleveland at Pittsburgh. The Browns have now gone four overtime periods in seven games. A lot of free extra football. I don't think the Cleveland faithful are, are very happy about it, though. It's clearly taking a toll on Baker Mayfield. Watching him on the sidelines. I don't know who reaction, whose endgame reaction was better this week. Him or, uh, or uh, the kicker for Baltimore. Oh, my gosh, his name's escaping me right Tucker. now. Yeah, Justin Tucker. His eyes are about to pop out of his skull. Baker Mayfield just looked like he wanted to, you know, drink some arsenic. I don't know if that's drinkable, but whatever. Welcome to Cleveland. Uh, 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 welcome, to, welcome to Cleveland, Baker. Enjoy your time there. Uh, the real news for everybody is, of course, the running back usage here in the Chubb era. 
Carlos Hyde was traded to the Jaguars, and this week Nick Chubb carried the ball 18 times, 80 yards, and a touchdown with two targets, while Duke Johnson only saw one carry, four targets, 23 yards receiving. Chubb is hugely talented, a spark star. He should be a weekly running back, too, here. That's why I like to load my bench with rookie running backs, just to see what the heck's going to happen. Um, just like that, a bench player becomes a legitimate starter here week to week. David Joku scored a second straight touchdown, four catches, 52 yards. He's a low-end tight end one who I like here versus Pittsburgh. And Jarvis Landry put up 10 catches, 97 yards, and a touchdown on 15 targets, finding his upside as, a, uh, as that PPR wide receiver two spot, just like, uh, just like we're accustomed to. Mm, yeah, I, I, as much as I am a fan of Mayfield here, uh, Pittsburgh is not Tampa Bay. They're rested up after their bye week. Uh, I have Mayfield as just a mid-range QB2 this week, uh, albeit with upside if this turns into a shootout. Uh, and likewise, despite the big day from Landry, I just have him as a low-end wide receiver 2, high-end wide receiver 3. Uh, you know, With so few options in the receiving game, uh, I would imagine they kind of bracket him and force Mayfield to go elsewhere. So I uh, don't love him there. Uh, Njoku, though, a great matchup uh, with the Steelers really getting gutted by opposing tight ends. So... I think he's an every week mid-range tight end one now. And uh, with Carlos Hyde gone, uh, you know, as you said, Chubb is immensely talented. I like him as a flex play this week. And I also like Duke Johnson as a flex play in PPR. I think there's going to be plenty of checkdowns here uh, in what should be a relatively high-scoring game. Uh, you know, I think the Steelers are going to lead, and there's going to be some passing work for Johnson. As for Pittsburgh, Binbeg. Big Ben is at home looking to avenge that tie with Cleveland, which plays big time in their divisional standings. That's that's like a, a mark on his entire career. Now he, he lives with a tie against Cleveland. That's that's just sad. Look for big games from Big Ben, Brown and Juju. Connor, if Bell isn't around, which it's looking like he's not going to be. And maybe, I mean, maybe he'll report to camp. I don't know. The, the guy's got to get back at some point. He's got to make it back, I think, by week 10 in order to um, make this count as a year of service and even be able to get out of a uh, get-off of Pittsburgh. So he's got to be back sooner than later. Uh, Vince, Vance McDonald has a chance to shake free for some points this week. Don't be afraid if options are limited for you. Uh, Vance, Vance McDonald can be okay for you here. I'm, uh, I, yeah, just... The Bell situation is ugly. Um, the reports yeah. are that he's not going to report this week. Uh, I own him in one league, so I understand for those of you out there who have him, your frustrations. But, you know, where, where there's darkness, there's also light. Because if you picked up James Conner, uh, you, you know, keep rolling him out there. I just, I don't know. Um, this We're recording Monday night as usual, so this may change. But as of right now, here's how I would treat this situation. Uh, Connor remains that high in RB2 this week if Bell stays out. And even if Bell returns, I think I would still rank Connor over him as a high end RB3 and Bell just a boom robust flex because I really think that Connor's done enough. Uh, he's played well in Bell's absence that even if he returns, uh, given Connor's familiarity with his offense, uh, you know, we don't know what kind of condition Bell's in. I'm sure he's working out, but there's a difference between being in really good shape and being in football shape. So. Who knows? Uh, I certainly would not trade Connor. I think we mentioned that on last week's podcast. Uh, I would not sell low on him right now because you just don't know. There, there's a slight to decent chance that Bell won't play a single game as a Steeler this year. So I don't know, uh, but 
I do know that Big Ben is at home, so uh, you know, start him up against Cleveland. Start Brown. Uh, you like Juju too, and Vance McDonald, as you said, uh, you know, I like him as a high end tight end too. He's he's a dynamic playmaker, and uh, go for it. Uh, I'll take the Steelers here. I too will take the Steelers. Baltimore at Carolina. The Ravens are getting very creative with this offense, and thus. Very difficult to project. 11 carries for Alex Collins for 38 yards. Three carries only for Buck Allen. Nine carries to other assorted players. Collins is a flex consideration, but Buck Allen, I I think, is finding his way to the bench right now for me. John Brown led the way receiving. Seven catches, seven targets, 134 yards and a touchdown. Michael Crabtree, five catches on nine targets for 66. Snead had another seven targets, catching only three for 23, but he had a number of targets in that fourth quarter when they were uh, trying to seal the game and Bucky Allen only saw three targets in what should have been a higher scoring game Collins is a flex uh, Brown is a wide receiver three the rest are just low level flex calls in my opinion I I really dislike how Baltimore is just throwing in Lamar Jackson here and there uh, kind of like how New Orleans keeps you know wanting to throw in Taysom Hill on random little trick plays it just I don't get it. Like, there's there's a place for trickery and misdirection in today's NFL for sure. But at the same time, I feel like you're just disrupting the flow of the offense here when you've got guys like Breeze and Flacco who are more than capable of executing this offense. And, you know, but it is what it is. Uh, as long as that, that's going to keep happening, then, you know, you can't start Buck Allen right now. He's just not getting enough work, even in the passing game. Uh, I agree that Collins will be a flex play. Uh, John Brown's a boomer bust wide receiver three. Crabtree uh, is an unreliable wide receiver four with a decent floor. And Willie Sneed really disappeared in a game where I thought he would, you know, maybe have a nice stat line and a revenge game narrative against his former team, the Saints. But that didn't happen. It is what it is. Just another terrible call by me this week in a week where just nothing good happened. Let's let's move on to Carolina. Carolina comes off a nice fourth quarter win versus Philadelphia and gets a tough matchup here versus Baltimore. Very nice defense for Baltimore. Nothing changes for me here. Cam Olsen and McCaffrey are ones, and Funches is a flex. If you are a trusting Carolina fan, you probably have to be born in Charlotte or Raleigh or something. Six catches, 11 targets, 62 yards, and a touchdown for Funches this week. But those targets can disappear quickly, just like that. I snapped. You didn't hear it, but that's what I did. They can disappear very quickly to Greg Olson, who was wide open for the game-winning touchdown. Yeah, I got nothing to add, really. Um, All the wide receivers behind Funches right now are splitting targets, so not a whole lot of upside there. Um, As you said, Funches is that boomer bust wide receiver three. Uh, He has made some nice plays when Cam does go to him. Uh, And Newton's playing very well. He's carrying this team right now. Uh, Even though McCaffrey didn't have a huge game, he's still getting plenty of work. Uh, He's on the field for just about every single snap. And the defense stepped up when it really mattered the most. Um, You know, I'll I'll take Carolina at home here. Should be a pretty close game, pretty good game. I will take Baltimore here. I think that's our first game that we're uh, going head-to-head on. Really? (laughs) I I mean, all right. Uh, By the way, I I was just thinking during that Baltimore game – when he un uh, excuse me, when Justin Tucker uncharacteristically er, cannot talk tonight, when Justin Tucker uncharacteristically missed that extra point, I think it was his first extra point miss in over two hundred yep. tries, something like that. Yep. Um, you know, my immediate thought was, oh man, he had some big money on the Saints. 
uh, and you know, with, with the whole sports betting rule change or the law change, um, you know, I just want to bring up that it has not happened yet. And I certainly am not accusing Justin Tucker of anything here. I don't think he would do that, but I, I don't, I think it's only a matter of time until we see some kind of betting scandal in the NFL. Boy, I hope not, but, uh, Jeez. I, I hope not either, and I, I think they'll be very, very strict on it and making sure that it does not happen. But like I said, I, I think it's only a matter of time. <sighs> yeah, that's uh, that's human nature, isn't isn't it? Wow, sad. Um, gee, way to way to put that on my mind, Mung. Jeez. Sorry, this is uh, this this is my state of mind right now uh, in this terrible, dark week of fantasy for me. Well, you want to talk about a dark week. Now we've got to kick off the 3 o'clock Eastern games with Indianapolis and Oakland. Jesus. The Colts are tough to trust, but they uh, they get a good matchup versus Oakland here. So I can go with Andrew Luck here after a four-touchdown week. Eric Ebron lets you down with three for 31. T.Y. Hilton converted four catches for only 25 yards, but two short touchdowns. Uh, he was laying on the ground for, I think, both of them, actually. One of them for sure. But, yeah, I think he was sitting on his bottom for both of them. And Marlon Mack led the backfield with 19 carries, 126 yards, and a touchdown, plus two catches, 33 yards, and a touchdown receiving. He's a running back, too, this week, and I wouldn't touch anybody else on this team that I haven't mentioned. Temper your expectations for Mack, but if he dominates the carry distribution, then consider yourself very lucky to have grabbed a weekly running back, too, in a good offense for very cheap. Hopefully he can stay healthy. Yep, uh, not to sound like a broken record, but uh, another rough call for me <laughs> this week. I uh, thought the Bills were going to give you know the Colts a, a fighting chance, and I actually liked the Bills' defense as a streamer. I thought Luck was going to struggle a little bit against that stout defense, but you know after he picked apart the Buffalo defense, uh, I like Luck as a mid-range quarterback one against Oakland. A very good matchup for him here. Um, oh, man, the Eli Manning just... I'm not even getting get into it. Um, Luck, he should be a mid-range QB1. Um, as you said, if Marlon Mack continues to get this kind of workload, he was the clear lead back over Mar- or excuse me, over Naim Hines and Jordan Wilkins. Uh, if he continues to get that, he'll be a mid-range RB2 with a lot of upside here. Um, T.Y. Hilton will be a wide receiver too with lots of upside. Already got those two touchdowns. Uh, continues to have that chemistry with Luck even in his first game back and Gets a beautiful matchup here. Um, and then Jack Doyle uh, potentially could return this week, too. Uh, it sounds like he's going to give it a shot with that hip injury that he's been out for so long. Uh, if Doyle is back, uh, I would probably downgrade Eric Ebron to a mid-range tight end, too. Um, Luck certainly has that chemistry with both Hilton and Doyle, and it w- they would both just siphon away targets. So if Doyle's out, I like Ebron as a low-end tight end one, despite a rough matchup. Uh, or excuse me, despite a rough game against Buffalo. Um, But again, I would potentially shy away from Ebron if both Hilton and Doyle are playing this week. I uh, do. Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. I I do agree there. I thought that was it. Sorry. Yep. Uh, No, I was just going to say, as we mentioned, Marlon Mack's workload, uh, I'd probably avoid Naeem Hines for now. Um, As we said, both he and Wilkins were just, clear afterthoughts here Uh, it seems like indy wants to maybe try to get one running back a lot of work even though frank reich has not historically done that indy's not playing catch up versus oakland so yeah i agree heinz should see the bench here 
Um, as for Oakland, with Amari Cooper traded to Dallas, there might be hope for Martavis Bryant and Jordy Nelson, but we'll see if it's enough to make e- either more than a PPR flex. Uh, with Lynch out, it makes it much easier to take the Colts here. Uh, Jalen Richard making a ton of play if Luck can score early, which I do expect him to. Richard is a gutsy PPR flex with running back two upside if this becomes a garbage time bonanza here. This should be a good bounce back game for Jared Cook, but we've seen this all before. Hope for six points. Be happy with eight or ten. I do think this will be a bounce back game for Cook. Um, you know, he's been a boomer bust tight end two recently, and you know, he's had a couple down weeks, but I do think he's going to get more targets along with Jordy Nelson now that Amari Cooper's in Dallas. Um, uh, as you said, I like Richard as a flex play in PPR, assuming that the Raiders are going to trail here for uh, quite a bit of the game. Um, and I actually do like Jordy Nelson. I, I think he's going to be a wide receiver three in PPR with some upside here. Uh, he should be the clear number one receiving target for Carr now with Cooper gone. Um, we saw that they already have some chemistry, particularly in the red zone. And I think Nelson's going to get a lot of opportunities. Uh, you know, Doug Martin and Martavis Bryan are worth mentioning, but both are more of those desperation options that I try to avoid. Uh, Martin's going to be a, a LeGarrette Blunt type player, uh, really a boomer bust running back five, running back four maybe, if you think he punches in a short touchdown. And then Martavis Bryant, uh, he does have that boomer bust wide receiver five uh, ability because you know he may haul in a long touchdown like Robbie Anderson did against this Colts secondary a couple weeks ago. So just wanted to mention those two, but I definitely do prefer Richard and Nelson. Give me the Colts on the road. Yep, give me the Colts as the Raiders continue to shoot for that number one pick. That's right. Green Bay at L.A. Rams, 3.30 Eastern. Green Bay gets a week to heal their wide receivers, and it comes in time for a tough Rams matchup. If healthy, Devontae Adams is a wide receiver one. Allison and Cobb are both wide receiver threes. If healthy, with the upside of playing with Rodgers. Jones should be a running back two here, and Graham is a tight end one. Yeah, I, I think that Rodgers and Adams are both going to be fine here. Uh, you're starting them. But there is a lot of uncertainty with the other wide receivers. It sounds like Geronimo Allison uh, and Randall Cobb are both working through their hamstring issues. They did have that bye week to heal up, but uh, we have yet to see uh, about their practice participation. So they're still questionable as far as we know. Um, if Allison is active, I, I like him as a wide receiver three or flex play. But Cobb has struggled even when he's been active, and the Rams are very good at covering slot receivers. I would fade Randall Cobb even if he plays this week. Uh, And if he doesn't, I'd probably avoid Marcus Valdez-Scantling. I know he's had some nice weeks when both of these guys have been out, but I don't love whoever starts in the slot here. And I also don't like Aaron Jones very much. Uh, You know, I'd love to see him get more work. We've talked at length about how, you know, we both think he's very talented, but Mike McCarthy hasn't shown any indication yet of giving Jones a bigger workload. And I expect the Packers to trail a lot in this game, possibly leading to more time Montgomery, who they seem to like as a receiving back. So I think Jones is still a boomer bust flex here. Um, And then Montgomery, a desperation running back five, if you think that Green Bay is going to, dump it down a lot to him um and then jimmy graham uh, he'll be fine could see a lot of targets here uh, as kittle did this past week um certainly like him as a tight end one the Rams are a monstrous matchup nightmare here jared goff may have to do a little more here than he did last week to keep up with the packers 
who have an extra week to prepare, so definitely stream him if, he, if he's available to you if you need to. Cooks and Woods are verifiable uh, wide receiver twos with great weekly upside, and Gurley is just the man. Uh, easily the first overall pick if drafts were redone today. Yeah, I have Goff as a mid-range quarterback one here. He has yet to score fewer than 16 points outside of the one down game against the Broncos. And the Packers' defense is pretty awful. Uh, you know, you're starting Gurley. Uh, I like Cooks as a mid-range wide receiver, too, with lots of upside here. And I like Robert Woods as a high-end wide receiver, three with lots of upside, assuming that Cooper Cup misses another week with that MCL sprain. Um, you know, I think this is the biggest underdog that Green Bay has been since Rodgers has started. Uh, I think the Rams opened at uh, minus 8.5 points here. So it might be closer than that, but... I do think the Rams are going to stay unbeaten here. Give me L.A. I was a little surprised to see that line as well, but I will take L.A. Rams with uh, significant confidence as well. San Francisco at Arizona. San Francisco got predictably steamrolled by the Rams. I think we agreed on a 10-point spread, and I said I'd have given you 15. Turned out San Francisco needed to be spotted 30 points to have had a chance here. Uh, <laughs> sorry. They do have a much nicer matchup here, though. Um, if they had a true starting running back on this team, he, he'd be a running back one versus Arizona. Unfortunately, they have a three-headed monster. Morris had the most carries this week. I think if Breida is fully healthy, I'd probably go with him. Tough to call, really. Um, but if he's not, I, pass me the mustard. I, I think the kid's got some talent. Raheem Mustard, of course, we're talking about. Uh, George Kittle's a nice tight end one. Five catches, 98 yards, and a touchdown this week. And Avoid Goodwin and Garcon here. The Arizona secondary is the best part of their team. Um, if San Francisco's going to win, has a chance here. It's it's going to be by getting these running back. It's a ton of touch, uh, a ton of touches here. Yeah, again, I uh, thought that Rams Niners game was going to go a lot different. Uh, you know, I I recommended potentially streaming C.J. Beathard. I thought he'd have a decent game. Certainly did not. Uh, I'll he take... got beat hard. <laughs> Yes, yes, he did. Very, very clever of you, aren't you? Clever little boy. You're um, <laughs> yeah. He was having to play a lot of catch up. He didn't use much mustard. All right, we're we're done here. Shut it down. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, I wish, you know, honestly, I wish the Niners would just let Matt Breda rest up for a week, get back to 100%. But he tried to play through that high ankle sprain, reaggravated the injury. Um, if he plays, he'll be a low-end RB2, though, in a good rushing matchup, but you certainly hope that, you know, maybe maybe if you're a Bray owner and you have a decent record, you just want him to sit out for a week and, you know, get healed up. But uh, like like you said, if Breda is out, then I do like Raheem Mostert as a high-end RB3 flex play. Uh, he's getting the same workload as Morris in terms of the carries, uh, but he's getting more targets in the passing game, so I think he is worth adding and starting if Breda is out. Uh, I wouldn't spend a ton on the waiver wire, though. Uh, and then Kittle, of course, you're starting as an every-week tight end one right now. So good. And Marquise Goodwin, um, I, I think you're pretty down on him this week. I think he's a boomer bust wide receiver four, depending on how much he sees of Patrick Peterson. I'd probably shy away from him, but, you know, Goodwin is worth an add and worth a start if he can stay healthy. He did not play in their last matchup against Arizona, so we have yet to see what kind of coverage they're going to put on him, and we know he has that deep speed to break a long one. Um, and plus, you know, he's got a couple good matchups after this week against the Raiders and the Giants. Oh, yeah, definitely don't let him go, but I 
I mean, Patrick Peterson, does, he'll he'll be draped all over him, and if he's not, Buda Baker's going to smash him and dash his hopes and dreams across the floor. I I just can't touch him this week. I don't know. Um, you know, hold, Pat, hold the good one. Pass me the mustard. All right, let's let's move on to Arizona here. If you're not catching the point, I do like this mustard kit, and I think he's worth an add in, in most all the leagues here. Especially in your condiment leagues. Absolutely. Absolutely strong condiment leagues. Give me, give me tons of mustard all day on a Chicago hot dog. The Arizona offense was limited to 10 points and three interceptions by Josh Rosen. San Francisco's defense is not formidable, and you could do worse as David Johnson as a running back, too, here. He hasn't been great for you, but this is the week to go with him. Forget everything I said about Ricky Seals-Jones. Kick him to the curb. Larry should be a fine flex play, and that's it for this team for me right now. That said, Mike McCoy was fired from his offense coordinator duty, duties. Now we get Byron Leftwich. Yes, that Byron Leftwich is the offensive coordinator. No word yet on if he's going to bring Maurice Jones-Drew in to take over his former du- duties as offensive assistant. I'd really like that. Realistically, though, hang on to your Cardinals just in case we see a drastic change in this offense. Byron Leftwich is a holdover assistant that assistant that worked under Bruce Arians. He could have some tricks up his sleeve. Wait, wait, wait let me get this right. You, you've had David Johnson as an RB one for a couple weeks, and this is the week that you're going to have him as an RB two. Oh yeah, I was wrong. I, yeah, that, that's I'm taking the L on David Johnson as a, as a running back one, but I have faith in him. But this is the week where I have him ranked as low on running back one because. That's fine. Yeah, play him is my point. Look, yeah. I don't, I don't know if. Leftwich can be a better offensive coordinator than McCoy was, but I know one thing, and that's that he can't be worse. You know, I I have to think that they're going to use Johnson more in the run game, get him outside a little bit more. You know, fire him up this week. I I like him a lot. Um, And, you know, we we talked a little bit about Christian Kirk versus Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, Both of these guys are high on wide receiver fours, but I actually think Kirk may be even a low on wide receiver three because – I know we disagree, Los, but I still prefer Kirk of the two, uh, even though Fitzgerald got the touchdown on Thursday against the Broncos. Again, that's really about it for the Cardinals. Uh, Maybe you pick up Rosen in a 16-team league or a super flex league. He has good upside and a good passing matchup here, but I do want to see more from this offense, even with the coaching change, before I'm going to trust him in a one-quarterback league here. Um I'm going to take the Cardinals at home, but I, I could definitely see this being a close one uh, as, again, Marquise Goodwin was out the last time these two teams played, and I think just his presence, even if he doesn't get a whole lot of production here, uh, will open up more underneath for the Niners. Same. I think Arizona will win here, but I think it'll be closer than uh, their road victory that they had a couple weeks ago. New Orleans at Minnesota for Sunday Night Football. Drew Brees continued his quest for records, becoming the first quarterback to have victories against all 32 NFL teams. Congratulations. He'll be fine versus Minnesota, as will Michael Thomas. Ben Watson finally had a nice game here, six catches with a touchdown. And Traquan Smith led the team in targets after Michael Thomas. This is important with Ginn out for the season. In deep leagues, consider Traquan Smith as a potential ad for sure. Uh, Alvin Kamara should be great weekly, and I trusted Ingram as well. Baltimore was a tough matchup. Only 12 carries, 32 yards, and two catches this week for him. I think he'll be absolutely fine versus Minnesota in most weeks going forward. Yeah, you know, initially in my notes here, uh, I wasn't super high on Breeze, but for some reason I forgot that uh, they have that new stadium in, in the Dome, so... 
Uh, I'm going to ignore my notes here. I, I do. I think Breeze will be fine as quarterback one this week. Um, a little risk still with the defense uh, of the Vikings starting to improve. One thing to monitor is going to be Xavier Rhodes, who sprained his ankle against the Jets this past week. Uh, if Rhodes somehow misses this game, then I would upgrade upgrade Breeze, you know, to a top quarterback. Thomas, of course, you're starting. Uh, even with Xavier Rhodes potentially shadowing him, uh, he'll, he'll still be fine. Um, certainly, again, if Rhodes is out, then Thomas is one of those elite guys. Uh, you're not benching him regardless, but I just wouldn't see as much upside as usual. So I like Kamara as a low-end RB1. Uh, Ingram as a high-end running back three, maybe even a low-end running back two, depending on some of these uh, iffy health running backs like Matt Breida and um, Chris Thompson and the like. Traquan Smith, uh, you know, we talked about him a little bit earlier. He's got that upside, but... Sandejo and Smith generally shut down the deep ball pretty well for the Vikings. Um, I have Smith as just a boomer bust wide receiver for this week. And actually for that reason, I like Benjamin Watson as a check down receiver for Breeze this week. Uh, I have Watson as a high end tight end too. For the Vikings, Kirk Cousins was a fine, uh, was fine this week. Two touchdowns, no interceptions versus the Jets. More upside here definitely versus New Orleans. Adam Thielen tacked on an additional 100-yard game with nine catches and a touchdown as well. Every game this year, 100-plus yards for Adam Thielen. Just just phenomenal. Diggs gave you a fine line, eight catches, 33 yards. Not amazing, but he did um, give you another week of leading the team in targets. And he has a nice game coming this Sunday versus New Orleans. Both are in the wide receiver one consideration for me. Kevin Rudolph is coming off a one-catch game, but has the upside of the points scored in this game here. And the running back, Whoever it is has, at worst, running back two upside. I really hope Cook can stay out till he gets fully healthy at some point. He's a very fun player to watch, very talented player in this league. It actually does surprise me how little Kyle Rudolph's been targeted, as we saw Cousins with Jordan Reed and Vernon Davis for those years. But I guess that really just speaks more to game planning and the fact of Kirk Cousins just knowing how to read the field and find his open playmakers and use them to the best of their abilities. And with Adam Thielen having 100-yard games, Diggs being who he is, he hasn't had to rely on that uh, tight end like he had to in, in Washington. Yeah, I think Thielen's been one of the biggest surprises this year. But at this point, if he's not your wide receiver one every single week, uh, you're doing something wrong. Um, certainly, I like Diggs as well. High-end wide receiver two, maybe even low-end wide receiver one as you have him. Uh, you're starting Cousins, of course. Uh, and, and, you know, with so so much inconsistency, inconsistency at tight end this week this year really um rudolph still remains at low end tight end one although he's certainly been a little bit boomer bust but really what tight end hasn't and then you know i was thinking about this one a lot it's a tough call for me but i actually kind of like the saints revenge narrative here after they narrowly lost in the in the playoffs on that miracle play by Diggs. Um, I'm going to go against the Vegas odds here. I'll take the Saints on the road, but it should be a very good game either way on Sunday night. Ooh, you want to talk about that game? Let's not forget, that was Case Keenum. This is Captain Kirk Cousins coming in. He's going to own the New Orleans secondary, which is improving, but I, I think he's going to take this one quite nicely, have a very good game for you. Give me Minnesota at home. All right, uh, we'll see. I, I think either way this one's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I'm looking forward to it. They know what they're doing, scheduling that for Sunday night. New England at Buffalo, Monday night football. Uh, there's there's not a ton for me to give you here. Brady gets it done time and again. Three touchdowns versus the Bears without Gronk playing, with Michelle going down to injury early. 
James White adds two receiving touchdowns. Edelman catches a touchdown. Kenyon Barner filled in for Michael for half the carries. Um, but he does not excite me enough to merit an ad here or even. Josh Gordon is developing quickly. This game he gave you four catches, 100 yards. Touchdowns are coming for him. They're on the way. White, Gordon, and Edelman are all solid twos at the worst. Gronk gets an extra day for his back and should play here. Yeah, um, I mean, I like everybody on the Patriots here. Uh, the Bills' defense was playing well, but then we saw Indy just you know pick them apart and then potentially uh you know the right tackle marcus cannon might be back this game so you know you're starting brady uh, i'd like white as a low-end running back one in this in this game uh, with michelle potentially out for a week or more um, it does sound like it's not season ending and that's serious but he is expected to miss some time uh, you know barner is a desperation play but i'd probably avoid him and then uh, Julian Edelman, uh, right back, slide right back in, uh, given that chemistry with Brady. Uh, he's going to be an every week uh, wide receiver, too, here in PPR. And Gronk, it sounds like that back injury was not too serious. He is expected to play this week, but keep, you know, keep an eye on those practice reports. Make sure that he's doing okay. Uh, assuming he's active, Gronk will be that mid-range tight end one. Although I will say, you know, regarding Gronk, I'm going to be honest here, the, the back and ankle injuries have worried me a little bit, and we really haven't seen his ceiling as much this year. Um, I, I, I think he's still a top five-ish tight end play, but I would definitely rank Kelsey and Ertz over him most weeks, and maybe even George Kittle and Dave Nyoku right, uh, right now. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, tr I trust in the Gronk. He's he's the most talented tight end in the league. And yeah, he's slowing down a little bit. He's 28 now, 29, and, he, and the injuries are piling up. When he's healthy, he's great, but you're right. He, he might not be healthy right now. Yeah, and then, you know, I like Josh Gordon a lot too. Um, I've got him as a mid-range wide receiver three here. Uh, he does have a tough matchup against Tredavious White this week, but we were seeing that he and Brady are starting to gel. So uh, I, I think he's still startable here. Derek Anderson was signed by the Bills and started and promptly threw three interceptions. Yikes. LaShawn McCoy went down early with a concussion. Double yikes. Tom Brady and Belichick come to town. Triple yikes. In seriousness, though, if McCoy misses time, Chris Ivory is a legitimate flex play here. He has most of the carries and stays in for pass plays and receptions. He led the team, the team, not just running backs, with six targets in the receiving game. So... I think he could give you some value here. Yeah, if McCoy uh, can't make it back in time for this game, I do think that both Ivory and Marcus Murphy are going to be flex plays, um, assuming there's going to be a lot of catch-up to be played here, uh, not to be con confused with Mustard. Uh, I do like both of those guys as uh, you know PPR flexes. And I, I will say, uh, while there's not a whole lot to love about the Bills here, there is garbage time consideration in this game. Um, you know, I, I used... Kelvin Benjamin in some DFS lineups this past week since Derek Anderson has historically liked forcing it to Benjamin since their Carolina days um, and Benjamin did have four catches for 71 yards so certainly something to worry about I, I think that the Patriots will probably be on the lookout for that but he's still a wide receiver four option if you're desperate here and then Charles Clay may be a desperation tight end too if the Patriots give up that short middle of the field throw Again, uh, for you know, an outlet receiver, kind of like Trey Burton, had a bunch of catches this past week. So, again, if you're desperate, Clay may be worth a look. But even though you know the Bills were a tough defense, and I'm always a little bit nervous about the AFC East road games for the Patriots, uh, I'll still take them here. 
I will also take the uh, the Patriots here, of course. We have four teams on a bye this week. Atlanta, Matt Ryan, Kevin Coleman, Edo Smith, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Mohamed Sidhu, and Austin Hooper, of course. I uh, haven't been truthfully paying attention to this game tonight. Seems like they only have 10 points at halftime. Not awful. Shouldn't change much your projections on, on Atlanta. For Dallas, Dak Prescott, Zeke, Amari Cooper, Cole Beasley, Michael Gallup. Dak was fine in fantasy, and he might be developing a connection with the rookie Gallup. Bad game for Zeke here. Not too worried about him going forward. It was good timing for Dallas to trade for Cooper, as he'll get the bye week to learn the playbook. We'll see how Dallas looks in week nine. Um, I don't think I'll have Cooper higher than a wide receiver, too, though, starting off. Tennessee, Marcus Mariota, Deion Lewis, Derrick Henry, Corey Davis, Tajay Sharp, Janu Smith, if you're digging real deep. Mariota was bad. Sharp was good. The running backs were mediocre. Ho-hum. Don't buy in. Don't pay for it. L.A. Chargers, Phillip Rivers, Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Tyrell Williams, and Mike Williams. The Chargers almost lost in England to Tennessee without Melvin Gordon. Go after Keenan Allen if his owner needs a win. The tight ends will come for him. They're, they're just, just wait for the second half. You mean the touchdowns? That's what I said. Oh, did I say tight ends? Yeah, I don't think we want anything to do with Antonio Gates right now. He, he doesn't want the tight ends to come for him either. No, the uh, touchdowns will come for Keenan Allen. And uh, on the injury front here, uh, starting off with the quarterbacks, we've got Deshaun Watson with that chest contusion, but he's played through it for two weeks now. Uh, he's he's pretty good to go for this week. Uh, Derek Carr coming off the bye week uh, with that shoulder injury, but it was minor. He's very likely to play. Just keep an eye on those practice reports. Uh, Josh Rosen had a toe sprain, uh, but he plays quarterback, not wide receiver, so this should not affect him too much. Uh, he should be fine for this week. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is out again this week. Uh, we know that Brock Osweiler will be starting. And then Josh Allen with that right elbow sprain uh, out for this week as well, possibly longer. Uh, Derek Anderson, for better or worse, filling in there in Buffalo. As for your running backs, Melvin Gordon, a surprise scratch. Hope you woke up early to find that out to take him out of your lineup. Very frustrating. His hamstring, probable to return week nine with the Chargers on the bye this week. Matt Breida, ankle sprain, aggravated it yet again. Questionable this week. But we've seen him continue to recover quickly, so monitor the practice reports. This guy uh, has some gamma radiation in his blood or something. Royce Freeman, high ankle sprain, questionable for this week. High ankle sprains generally take a few weeks, but we saw that Matt Burita returned after just one week. Monitor practice reports. Um, I'm not expecting to see Royce Freeman here. LaShawn McCoy, concussion, questionable this week. Monitor practice reports. Theo Riddick with the knee injury. We're waiting for more information still. He's questionable this week. You're probably not going to start him, but his status would impact Carrion Johnson's upside and workload and limit his fantasy ceiling if he's active. Chris Thompson with rib and knee injuries questionable this week. Monitor the reports. Bilal Powell with the neck injury questionable this week. Monitor, of course. Elijah McGuire with a foot fracture. He's been on the IR since the summer but could return week nine and have some fantasy relevance if Powell is out for an extended period. Keep an eye on him in deeper leagues. Delvin Cook in his hamstring. He's questionable still. Keep monitoring. Keep monitoring. Sony knee shell, knee sprain, MRI showed no structural damage, which is thankful. But Michel might miss a week or more. Consider him questionable this week. Be ready to bench him as it does not sound great here. They will not need him. They will not need to risk him versus Buffalo. Dante Foreman, Achilles injury, questionable this week. Monitor reports out of Houston as to when they feel comfortable activating him off the pup. Darren Sproles with his hamstring strain been out since week one. Doubtful still. 
Leonard Fournette and his hamstring. Questionable still this week. Not a great sign that Jacksonville traded for Carlos Hyde. I'm not expecting him back here. Marshawn Lynch and his groin placed on the IR. He's droppable in a redraft. Devontae Foreman, groin surgery on the IR. Droppable, of course, in the redraft format. He is lost for the season. Uh, Devontae Freeman. Right. Atlanta. What'd I say? Foreman. Who, who's oh, sorry. on the pub. Freeman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think owners, you know, listeners know who you're talking about. But just to clarify. My bad. Um, with the wide receiver. Too many hamstrings. Too many hamstrings and groins, those those leg muscles. What are these kids doing? Stop <laughs> yeah. eating creatine, kids. Come on. We learned this a decade ago. Yeah. And, you know, imagine if, if uh, we were playing 18-game seasons, as the NFL thought about. Um, yeah. That's, yeah. That's not a good idea. Speaking of hamstring injuries, Randall Cobb and Geronimo Allison both have hamstring injuries. Uh, both are questionable for this week. Uh, Green Bay did have their bye, so keep an eye on on them, see if they're practicing. Uh, Cooper Cup had that MCL sprain, uh, questionable for this week, uh, but doesn't sound good. Jameson Crowder and Paul Richardson both have knee injuries. Both are questionable for this week, so keep an eye on those practice reports here. Uh, Tavon Austin had that groin strain. Uh, hopefully you're not relying on him, but he's questionable. Uh, as is Dante Pettis, another guy hopefully you weren't starting, but he still has that knee injury and will be questionable for this week as well. Quincy Inunua had the high ankle sprain. Uh, again, also questionable, uh, but unlikely to play this week. Kiki QT uh, re-injured the hamstring that he hurt in the preseason and is likely out for this week. Kenny Stills, we know, is out this week with the shoulder and groin injury. Uh, Albert Wilson had the hip and leg injury, uh, and reports are that he's likely going on IR, so he's probably droppable in redraft. He was a boomer bust wide receiver for to begin with, uh, certainly not holding on to him in shallower formats. And then Ted Ginn with a knee injury, uh, in case you missed it, uh, he is on IR as well, which is why we recommended Traquan Smith. Uh, Ginn is droppable in all redraft formats. For our tight ends, Robert Gronkowski had back spasms. Always a concern for a player who's had a history of back injuries and multiple surgeries. It's reportedly minor. Gronk is considered probable for this week, playing Monday night, giving him extra day. Jack Doyle and his hip, questionable for this week. Monitor the practice reports. I probably would not be comfortable starting him right away. He could take targets away from Eric Ebron. Limits Eric Ebron's upside more than he has upside of his own. Tyler Croft and his foot fracture is out this week, probably more. C.J. Uzoma uh, remains a high upside streamer. That's a tough name anytime I come across it. Jeff Swaim and that knee injury, it looked ugly. We're awaiting more info. You probably weren't starting him. I certainly wasn't, but monitored him. If he's uh, if one of the other uh, Dallas tight ends can win the lead job for deeper leagues and in dynasty league formats. Uh, Nick Vanette with his back injury, he's probably for this week. Likely not fantasy relevant to you or in shallower leagues, but Will Disley had some big weeks. Um, Nick Vanette was the better tight end. Disley just happened to catch the ball a couple more times. He's worth monitoring in deeper leagues. And then kickers, Matt Bryant strained his hamstring with the land on by. He's questionable for week nine. He's droppable, but consider re-adding him if he's healthy before week 10. And Adam Vinatieri injured his groin. Questionable for this week, but with Indianapolis on by in two weeks, you were probably dropping him soon anyways. Drop him now and probably possibly re-add him prior to week 11. Yep, and uh, some potential waiver ads here to make up for all these hurt players. At quarterback, we've got Mitch Trubisky, 51% owned in ESPN leagues, 53% owned in Yahoo. Again, three straight weeks of production now in an offense that is playing well. 
uh, you know, Trubisky's a high-end QB2, low-end QB1 for this week uh, in a good matchup against the Jets. Baker Mayfield, 41% owned in ESPN and in Yahoo. Uh, again, Cleveland's still a bad team, but Mayfield's producing in fantasy, which is all we care about here. Uh, did great against Tampa Bay here and has another decent matchup against Pittsburgh, even though there is some risk there. Derek Carr, 16% owned in ESPN, 27% owned in Yahoo. If you're desperate, maybe the Raiders worked out some kinks on offense over their bye week, uh, and they are going to need to throw more with Marshawn Lynch out against the bad Colts secondary here. To talk some running back ads, Tariq Cohen, 87% owned in ESPN, 89% Yahoo. This this number needs to be 90s to 100. He's a high-impact player in Chicago's offense. He continues to produce as a PPR running back one. Cohen is a must-own at this point. Should be 100, like I said. He's not quite Tyreek Hill, but Tariq Cohen is working well for that Chiefs-style offense. Marlon Mack, 54% ESPN, 56% Yahoo. Mack was Indianapolis's clear lead back this past week. He has running back upside if this workload can continue with running back to floor in PPR. Assuming Cohen is owned in your league, Mack is the priority running back pickup this week. Nick Chubb, 79% ESPN, 82% Yahoo, and Duke Johnson, 58% ESPN, 54% Yahoo. If you somehow missed the news, Cleveland traded Carlos Hyde to Jacksonville. Chubb is the more popular pickup, but both running backs can be flex plays or running back twos in PPR. Don't forget about Duke Johnson. He'll be more involved in the passing game, with Cleveland potentially trailing in many of its upcoming games. Edo Smith, 46% ESPN, 54% Yahoo. Smith has played well enough to force a timeshare in Atlanta. If Coleman continues to struggle, Smith could take on an even bigger role. Already getting the goal line carry, Smith is a flex play, but he could be even more. We'll see how his usage shakes out against the Giants tonight with Freeman on the IR. Aaron Jones, 50% ESPN, 69% Yahoo. It's immensely frustrating that Mike McCarthy refuses to give Jones more work. He had a touchdown called back to the half-yard line two weeks ago versus San Francisco. There's a slight chance he could have a bigger role after Green Bay's bye this past week. He's just a risky uh, risk-reward flex play in a running back by committee, but so was running uh, Marlon Mack two weeks ago. Jones has as much upside, if if not probably more. Jalen Richard, 17% owned ESPN, 20%, 21% Yahoo, and Doug Martin, 17 and 24. Oakland's offense is not exciting, but both these running backs can be flex-worthy with Richard in the pass-catching role, Martin in the goal line back role. There are definitely better running back options on the waiver wire waiver for you outside of deeper leagues. But if not, beggars can't be choosers. Injuries hurt. Dante Foreman, 7% ESPN, 18% Yahoo. Houston still has not activated Foreman from the pup, but after playing well versus Jacksonville, he could eventually have fantasy potential if the Texans' offense keeps heating up. Trenton Cannon, not owned anywhere. We'll see what the timetable is for Bilal Powell's return from the neck injury, but in super deep leagues, Cannon was utilized as the pass-catching back in Powell's absence. I wouldn't get too excited about Cannon, though, with Powell probably back soon, and maybe Elijah McGuire as well. Kenyon Barner, 0% ESPN, 1% Yahoo. If you're truly, truly desperate in very deep leagues, Barner may get some goal line work this week with Sony Michelle potentially out, but even then, Buffalo is not a great matchup here. And that wide receiver, we talked about Geronimo Allison, Randall Cobb, and their hamstring injuries. And if they were dropped, which they very well might have been, uh, Allison is owned in just 37% of ESPN leagues and in 37% of Yahoo leagues. 
and Cobb just 67%, ESPN and 48% Yahoo. Both of these Packers wide receivers have been struggling, but they have high upside if they're healthy with Aaron Rodgers throwing to them. And with Cobb struggling to play well even before the injury, uh, Allison should be the prioritized Packers wide receiver, even if both begin practicing this week. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, 4% owned in ESPN, 8% owned in Yahoo. On the off chance that the reports come out and both Allison and Cobb are both still not practicing, then Scantling becomes a short-term answer in fantasy wide receiver three. Cortland Sutton we talked about with the trade possibilities to both Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. Sutton's 9% owned in ESPN, 5% owned in Yahoo. Again, he's got a lot of upside, instant wide receiver three, maybe more, if either of those guys are traded away, and he's arguably already been outplaying Thomas. Jordy Nelson, 69% owned in ESPN, 65% owned in Yahoo. With Amari Cooper gone now in Dallas, Nelson will likely lead Oakland's wide receivers in both targets and production. He'll be a PPR wide receiver three or flex play based on volume alone. Chris Godwin, 46% owned in ESPN, 49% owned in Yahoo. Godwin scored more than 10 points in PPR every single week except week four at Chicago. He's a weekly wide receiver three or flex option with a fairly high floor here. And then we've got Christian Kirk, 18% owned in ESPN, 26% owned in Yahoo. Despite Larry Fitzgerald scoring that touchdown on Thursday, Kirk still leads the Cardinals in receiving yards, and he continues to be Josh Rosen's most trusted target. He's a boomer bust wide receiver four, but with a decent PPR floor here. And then finally, we've got Taylor Gabriel, 65% owned in ESPN, 62% owned in Yahoo. We said last week that Gabriel was going to be a boomer bust wide receiver four, and unfortunately he was a bust in week seven with New England focusing on shutting him down deep. This led to a big day for Trey Burton instead, but the Jets secondary is far more vulnerable, and Gabriel continues to have high up weekly upside. Marquise Goodwin, 66% owned in ESPN and in Yahoo. Goodwin was shut down during a terrible game against the Rams, but he still led the Niners wide receivers and targets. The Cardinals aren't a great matchup outside, but he does get the Raiders and the Giants after this week. Could continue to be that boomer bust flex option, especially with a lot of teams on bye in the coming weeks. David Moore we've talked about at length, 3% owned in ESPN, 2% in Yahoo. Again, we'll see if he can be that Dante Moncrief boomer bust wide receiver four, basically hoping for a touchdown week to week. And Russell Wilson has been heating up prior to Seattle's week seven bye. Danny Amendola and Devontae Parker. Amendola, 24% owned in ESPN, 10% owned in Yahoo. And Parker's 20% owned in ESPN, 10% owned in Yahoo. Quite frankly, I'm a little surprised that Parker is this high owned, but Amendola is Brock Osweiler's favorite target and should continue to be a wide receiver three in PPR. And even when Tannehill returns with Albert Wilson on IR and Kenny Stills potentially out multiple weeks, Amendola is going to continue to get targets. And of course, if you're desperate, Devontae Parker should get a few more targets, might, might be second in the team in targets, although we'll see if Parker can finally actually produce. Hey, Mung. Yeah. Let's talk some tight ends. Let's do it. Jared Cook, 77% owned in both. That's crazy. Cook had two very down weeks prior to Oakland's bye, but he may get a big increase in target share with Amari Cooper gone and could return to a PPR tight end one rest of season. If he was dropped during Oakland's bye, he should definitely be added. CJ Uzoma, 40% ESPN, 52% Yahoo. The Bengals got demolished by the Chiefs and couldn't do much on offense, but Uzoma is still 
uh, still came through with a touchdown. He'll be a low-end tight end one with high upside this week versus Buffalo uh, versus Tampa Bay. And the Bucks have given the most fantasy points to opposing tight ends through six weeks. He was, of course, the low special last week. Came up with a touchdown for you as the unowned uh, tight end one of the week. Don't know if he ended up the week as a tight end one, though, but you weren't upset with him. Cameron Brait, 26% owned in ESPN, 44% Yahoo, had a quiet week versus Cleveland, but Brait had three straight weeks with a tight, uh, touchdown prior to that. He's worth a look as a boomer bust tight end, too, if you're desperate against the Cincinnati team that gives up the fourth most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. Chris Herndon, 1% owned across the board with Quincy and Unwout. Chris Herndon was, the, was second on the team in targets and caught a touchdown. He could become fantasy relevant as he builds chemistry with Sam Darnold. And this week's uh, low special, the unowned tight end one for this week, is Ben Watson, 34% owned in ESPN, 40% in Yahoo. He's far from consistent, but he's been getting enough targets from Breeze to make him a mid- to high-end tight end two this week. Definitely a tight end one in my in my list against a Minnesota team that just gave up a nice day to Chris Hernan with Ted Gidown. Look for Ben Watson to capitalize and probably come up with a touchdown this week. Yeah, where are we on the uh, on the sponsorship for the the lowest tight end one of the week? What are we thinking I, here? Any I any think, ideas? I think what happened is so I sent out a bunch of emails, but um, I, I think they just misspelled my name in their reply in the reply subject heading. So we have nothing just yet, um, but I'm still sticking the feelers out there. All right. Uh, in the in the meantime, uh, if any of our listeners out there, uh, if they have any sponsor. Uh, thoughts or if they have any suggestions uh, send them out there we, we need something for this this tight end special of the week uh, but for now moving on to kickers oh my gosh I feel like we've been talking about Dan Bailey forever 45 percent <laughs> that seems aggressive but all right uh, you know I, I'm not disagreeing there 45 percent owned in ESPN 48 percent owned in Yahoo Come on, Bailey's the sixth highest scoring kicker over the last four weeks. I have no idea how he's less than half owned in both ESPN and Yahoo, but we'll keep talking about him until his ownership increases. Matt I have per- a thought. Yeah. Maybe people have gone my route of evaluating or of eliminating kicker from, from the lineup. So maybe only 50% of leagues even roster the position now. I, I believe most leagues do still, the majority of leagues do still have kickers. Uh, I, I don't know why. Uh, I think maybe maybe some teams who auto-drafted out there um, just still have random kickers. That's my guess. But either way, Bailey should be owned. Um, that should be Matt Prater, 62% owned in ESPN, 54% owned in Yahoo. Uh, you know, if nobody picked up the Lions kicker after their week five bye, uh, he's a serviceable kicking option with upside this week in what could be a high-scoring game against Seattle. And similarly, on the other side here of that same game, Sebastian Janikowski, 4% owned in ESPN, 7% owned in Yahoo. Uh, he's worth a look as well. Seattle's offense is finally improving bit by bit. And Janikowski averaged 10 points per game over their last three since, uh, or excuse me, prior to Seattle's week six bye. He's out there in a lot of leagues as well if you need help at kicker. And at defense, we've got the Patriots, 48% owned in ESPN, 51% owned in Yahoo. The Bills are giving up the most fantasy points to opposing fantasy defenses. And Derek Anderson has to play catch up with Tom Brady in primetime. The Steelers defense, 14% owned in ESPN, 39% owned in Yahoo. They're going to be fresh off a bye, and they get to play the Browns at home. Enough said. 
And the Kansas City defense. Uh, we've been talking about the Chiefs for a bit now. 6% owned in ESPN, 16% owned, owned in Yahoo. It might be time. Uh, they're heating up. Uh, they get to face Case Keenum at home this week. And as we've said multiple times, with Justin Houston and Eric Berry potentially slated to come back in the coming, in the coming weeks, they could be a top fantasy defense in the second half of the season here. And finally, the Cardinals defense, 41% owned in ESPN, 30% owned in Yahoo. Uh, the last time the Cardinals played San Francisco three weeks ago, even though the Niners did not have Marquise Goodwin, the Cardinals scored 17 points on defense, and that was on the road. They were fine streaming play this week at home against the struggling 49ers. That is going to do it for our waiver section. Uh, as we've said, quite a bit. Uh, you know, we're... we're about halfway through the season and uh, you might not be doing so hot in some of your leagues. I know that I am certainly performing poorly in one of my leagues, but it's not over. There's plenty of waiver wire options. There's plenty of trade options. As long as you keep going, uh, you know, you never know. As long as you scrape your way, fight your way, claw your way into the fantasy playoffs, you never know what can happen. If you've got more specific questions for us, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. I'm at FFA underscore Los, and you can, that's L-O-S. You can always say comment, thank you, yell at, complain to our super producer, Dan, at FFA underscore Dan. And always, of course, remember to subscribe. Add, download on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. We're available on all these platforms just for you because you asked for it. You said, give me more platforms. And we did that. Okay? So pay it forward, kids. And as always, it's a mustard eat ketchup. I mean, what? Uh, it's a uh, fantasy world, and we're all just addicts in it. Thanks, addicts. We open inside a vast lair. A Nissan Rogue speeds toward a gigantic door, closing fast. Our hero says, I know this seems like your typical narrow escape, but it's not. This is a Nissan sales event ad. The doors inch closer. Will she make it? Determined, she grips the wheel and hits the gas. The turbocharged Rogue squeezes through, just as the giant doors clang shut. There's no escaping summer savings during the Nissan Summer Event. Now get 1.9% financing for 36 months on the 2022 Nissan Altima. Availability is limited, so contact your local dealer for inventory information and shop NissanUSA.com. Hurry, before these offers get away. For well-qualified buyers, 1.9% APR financing for 36 months on new 2022 Altima and dealer stock. Example, 36 months financing at $28.60 per month per thousand financed. Actual down payment may vary, subject to in-mat credit approval and residency restrictions. Dealer contribution may affect price set by dealer. Dealer sets actual price. Contact dealer for details. N7522. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino was America's favorite free online social casino you too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes absolutely anybody could be like mary be like mary log on to chumbocasino.com and play for free now no purchase necessary void or prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details the voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner